Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Okay, before we hop in to today's episode, I just wanted to preface this by saying we have another amazing chat with Anish, and it is one that was incredible. So when we started talking, we kind of just dove in. So I wanted to give a little bit of an intro. Um, This was an amazing conversation I got to have and you guys are going to just love her and love hearing her story and everything that she has to say. She was awesome to talk to. There is so much to unpack in this episode. It is just an amazing journey of discovering a new story, seeing a story from a different country, and just an incredible, incredible conversation I got to have with Anish from Portugal. She is amazing. It was such a blessing to get to talk with her. I know I said that a million times by the time you watch the end of this or listen to it, but it was amazing, an amazing conversation. And, you know, her story is one that we don't hear about much. We don't have a ton of public examples of, and I'm just really excited for you guys to hear her story. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I have a very special guest today. This is Inish. I hope I said yes. that right again. Inish. Um, and she is from Portugal. And I'm going to let her introduce herself, and we are going to chat about her Turner Syndrome story. So I will let you introduce yourself. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Brooke. So, hi, my name is Ines. Like Brooke said, I'm from Portugal. I have Turner Syndrome uh, mosaic, and I'm 35 years old. And I'm very pleased to be here speaking with you because like every butterfly girl i have my own story which uh, i haven't heard anyone saying the same and my story starts uh, with me being diagnosed this year (laughs) in march so i spent my entire life not knowing what i had but i knew i had something and i've had difficult I had uh, a lot of different diagnoses, which we will briefly talk about. And I have a unique condition also, because even though having Turner syndrome, I had three healthy pregnancies and I have three kids. Emma is seven years old, Fausto is five, and my little Gabriel will be two years old next month. So it's, a different story to tell. Yeah, That's incredible. So you are the story that I talk about a lot with the, you never know what it's going to look like because there are a lot of women that find out when they're an adult that it's either after they've been trying to start a family and it doesn't work, or maybe it turns into secondary infertility, or maybe it's not infertility at all. It's just health complications. So yes. that is super interesting. What was that? What red flagged for you that made you look into stuff? Well, um, I have PCOS and that was diagnosed on my mid twenties because I've always had chronic pain 
and I uh, hardly had any periods. I hardly have any ovulations. And the doctors realized that even though I could probably never get pregnant, clinically, they always told me that I would never get pregnant. Uh, when I ovulate, which is probably three times a year, my, my eggs are the size of tennis balls, which is very painful. However, that turns me into a super heroine in fertility because they're so big, instead of me being uh, in ovulation or fertile for a few hours, I have days where I can get pregnant. So that's probably what made me pregnant uh, and the love of my husband <laughs> for uh, these three pregnancies because I've never been pregnant before other than these three times. And it was not something in my mindset. I assumed I would never have kids. And that's initially what I even said on my first date with my husband is that if he wanted kids, I was sorry, but I, I would probably never have them. And life is never what we expect, fortunately. Uh, so, oh gosh, I have so many questions going through my head now. <laughs> this is just so cool to hear because it's a textbook case of I, we can only predict so much of what it's going to look like. So I am curious, how long after getting married did it take for you to get pregnant? Was it pretty quick or? It was on the first time. Every time I wanted to, to get pregnant, it was on that time because I, I, I know my body very, very well. So I knew that Probably that was the chance for me, but I knew it in a more romantic way of let's give it a shot and see how it works. And it really happens. Uh, let me just take us back in a little bit in time to tell a little bit about my story before. Um, when my mother was pregnant with me, the doctors... Uh, felt that I was very short. I was a, a baby, very, very small, that probably the pregnancy wouldn't be viable. And they um, told my mom that she probably should have done an amniocentesis. Is that how I pronounce it? Sorry? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep your mind that I am Portuguese. Oh, oh. <laughs> great. And my mom was so afraid of having a different result and not having the, uh, not being strong enough to continue with the pregnancy. She, she assumed that she would terminate the pregnancy if she had any bad results. So she refused to do it. And I'm very glad because if she did, this would be happening and would be told and she would probably not uh, continue the pregnancy. So when I was born, I was born healthy, yet very, very small. I'm, as a turner, I'm not that small. I'm 5'2", uh, but I am incredibly petite compared with all my family. My mom is 5'9", my brother, my only brother is 5'6", is so all the 
all my family, women included, are extremely tall compared to me. And I was always the shortest in class, the shortest in all the works, environmental I've been in. And I assumed that it was a unique feature of mine. I never thought it was something related to illness or in my genes. I never thought about it. What I was most, mostly, I was concerned because my uh, family from my mother's side and my father's side as well, they have a big uh, history in cancer. So when I was diagnosed with PCOS, I was frightened <laughs> that I would have developed the same gene. So that's what kept me to do the karyotype because the doctor suggested me that I should check if I had any cancer mutation, which I have a mutation, but it's not on the database worldwide yet. So they don't know which mutation is. So I'm hopefully it's probably a superpower that we are not aware of that Turner have. <laughs> and because that mutation, they didn't know what it was, they suggested me to why don't you do the second test, which is exactly the karyotype to see if your ovaries not functioning well, yet allowing you uh, to have three good pregnancies. It's something for us also to check in. So yeah. it was uh, on this March a surprise for me when they told me the diagnosis, especially because I've never heard about it. There's no association in Portugal about it. It's extremely rare. Uh, there are only 2,000 cases documented in Portugal, which is probably uh, so low because there are a lot of women like me who are not aware of their own condition. Um, so it's weird. <laughs> Good weird. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I can't imagine what that was like, finding that out, especially in the middle of gosh, in March, at least in the States, that was at the height of the beginning of lockdown. And well, here it was three weeks before lockdown. So it was, okay. it was kind so of scary. Lockdown thinking about it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I started therapy. <laughs> yes. And I think it, I have a life before and after being diagnosed because some of the things I had in me, I was not aware of why. I just felt I was quirky or, or weird or different. And I'm, it's a privilege to tell a story like mine where I'm healthy so far and I've accomplished something that usually most women can't. And it is a privilege. And on the other hand, it's also a label that I'm not used to having and I feel that it can be scary, considering also with lockdown and uh, the condition in all the world, everything has stopped so much. So for me, I still have a few issues, health issues that I need to check, which is so difficult now to do it on my own time. I need to wait and see and not feel so frightened about it. But on the other hand, I do feel that it opened 
the door of knowing other women, other stories, which I feel that I um, identify a lot more. And that's uh, the, the novelty of it. It's so new to me. And it's so, again, I feel the privilege of it because I, I just need to sip the information you have and listen to other stories and relate. That was so, it, it is probably the first time I feel that I relate with women. This may sound weird or even cool to say it, and it's not, but I do feel that as a, as a teenager, as a woman, uh, as a young woman, I always felt that I was a little bit different on the way I act socially, even though I love socializing with people. But I was so, I, I was such a people pleaser that I felt that I've, all my energy was to please other people. And sometimes the answer that was given me back was so so dif difficult for me to understand and uh, and small details like uh, I'm taking my driver's license now which is not the most comfortable time because we are all we are in lockdown so I only leave <laughs> to go to the shop to shop stuff and to go to classes and I it's the third time I'm trying I tried 10 years ago and 15 years ago and I was not brave enough to take the final test, the driving test. And I never understood why I get lost so easily. And even in the supermarket, my husband uh, parks the car and we he stays with the kids and I go shopping and he tells me, okay, don't forget, turn left to right and I'm lost. The minute he says left, I, it's, it's funny because I never knew why. And it helped me to understand it's not my fault. It's just something I have to learn to live with and probably find different tricks to don't complicate stuff. So it is, it's, it's a blessing. Uh, I know that I speak a lot on one hand <laughs> and on the other hand I know again I, I was a little nervous like I told you on the message before we started recording this I, I was nervous because I've never spoke with anyone like me and also because I, I'm so scared of sending out the wrong message of oh I'm such a privilege look at me with children and normal and it's it's not it's look at me so unique and yet so like you and like all the stories of women that I've heard and that I felt oh that's me that was me that is me Absolutely. so I I I'm very thankful to you and I really like your job and appreciate kind of the sisterhood you created uh, with people and now with different countries. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, I, oh my gosh, everything you were saying, I was thinking the whole time, amen. I've been there. That's me. I am, I, I've gotten a lot better as I've gotten older, but it takes a lot of intentionality for me with directions, with memory, with when I first started driving, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous 
in the, I didn't think I could eventually get it way, but I kind of the, what am I going to mess up while I'm trying to figure yes. this out? Yeah. <laughs> and being so small, I'm 4'11", so you've got a few inches on me. Okay. Being that small behind the wheel can be very intimidating. And, you know, we, we got an SUV. I don't know what kind of car you guys have to how this might be your situation too, but I was very nervous to drive a bigger car. I now am much more comfortable with it, but I felt like this little girl in this huge car and how yes. like yes. not hit something or somebody. <laughs> and I think everybody listening will relate to all of that. And, you know, yes, your story is unique. You have a story that has different complications than others and that's still really valuable that's immensely valuable to understanding the overall picture of what happens and that's why sharing everybody's story is so valuable because the more you share the more you understand all of these different aspects of it because turner syndrome is so volatile and diverse yes. and looks yes. so different yes. so Speaking of it being another country, <laughs> I have a million and one questions about that. Okay. Um, that's super interesting that the number of cases is only 2,000 because that's about how many are found a year in the States. Oh, wow. Typically, it's one in every 2,000 occurs in the States a year. Um, and so I would love to hear how you've navigated that. I don't know what the healthcare system looks like in Portugal. Has that been something that you felt the system has really been beneficial or difficult? It's kind of weird because I felt, uh, and I've heard this on a few other podcasts that you did, that in the States, uh, I think it was one of two women who spoke that sometimes they feel the need to explain to doctors what the Turner syndrome is. And I've had probably 90% of the doctors that saw me after I was diagnosed, they never heard about it, never, because it's so rare. And those who actually heard about it, misled me to think that I was normal or okay or healthy forever because I had kids. So they always associate Turner syndrome only with being uh, not uh, being infertile. And it's very, uh, the ignorance, it's, it's, it's frightening um, because it's, uh, I do feel that I need to be my own advocate and I need to check by myself things and I, I carry lists all the time and I check stuff and I go and I have books and papers about it and every time I go and see a doctor it's almost we are switching places and I'm explaining oh maybe it's this maybe I need that and um the only 
person I actually met who was specialized in Turner syndrome was my therapist. And I've met her in lockdown. And she's helping me with the more nonverbal and social behavior mm -hmm. and to feel how uh, it shouldn't be a label or a bad label and how can I start organizing my life starting from scratch from the diagnosis because there are a lot of things that I don't know if I have heart issues I don't know um, even though I had three natural and healthy pregnancies I um, I was hospitalized I had preeclampsia so on the last pregnancy I had uh, to be on oxygen a few hours because I wasn't strong enough to labor and I do know that my body was pushed to a limit I was not aware I could have and when the doctors uh, in March diagnosed me they were so careless about the person they were speaking that uh, what they told me was on the document they delivered me with the final result was we advise you never to get pregnant and that's very stupid to say to a woman with three kids, especially because I've met you and I spoke about my kids. It's probably the biggest label I have on me is mom label. I speak about them all the time. So I don't want to uh, stereotype doctors or the country I live in <laughs> because that can be tricky. But from my experience, it's been a very lonely experience to getting better. Um, the main issue I feel, physically speaking, is pain. I have chronic pain. Uh, I have uh, my, my liver, my kidneys, and my ovaries are way too big for my size. And I'm constantly with, I don't have an immune system, so I'm a sponge to all sources, all sorts of diseases that people have. I have a lot of issues with food intolerance that change most of the time. So I never know what to eat and what if that will do me any good or not. So that's tricky now, but I do feel that it's um, possible to walk that path because I know what I have. I just need to find someone <laughs> that can help me navigate through it without having so much pain. Also, because I'm a, I'm a little against taking medication. I've never, I, I've never been on the pill before, and I don't think I ever will. Uh, my last pregnancy um, was so demanding on my liver uh that there was a time i had to be hospitalized and they didn't know if they had to uh, terminate the pregnancy and give me a liver transplant <laughs> oh, wow. and wow. in days everything changed i didn't became normal but the levels that were off the charts concerning the liver changed and i had my baby boy just fine so I do feel that, and I've heard this in you and in the women and girl you've spoke to, we are very strong and resilient. It's amazing how doctors and science are not aware of and don't have enough studies on it. 
of how strong yet smaller sometimes <laughs> than others we are and it is uh, we are it it's a question mark syndrome mm -hmm. and yes yeah, sometimes it gives us a, a few issues we need to check on but so far i do feel that there's a good side of the syndrome i i've never met anyone with this syndrome i've met you so on lockdown you became my sister <laughs> and i've watched almost everything uh, first alone then with my husband uh and it's been amazing because i i probably not counting with one or two videos on youtube that you also spoke about uh, i do feel that usually turners are women with such uh, light and it's very good to hear everyone uh, it's good i've been feeling uh, as you see it's it's almost like a roller coaster <laughs> there's there's of course doubt sizes and that is the more alone that alone time that we have each one of us carries yeah, an uniqueness in pain or in health issues. However, the resilience I was telling you about a few moments ago, I do feel that's a huge connection between us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh my gosh. I, I'm sorry, I speak so much. <laughs> so great. You, you have picked up on everything so quickly. Um, it's, it's a process of finding things out and trying to figure out even what resources work for you and where you are both in your medical journey and physically in your location, what works for you. And I am so glad that you found everything online so helpful and you know, that it does ease some of that feeling alone because that is not a strange feeling for women with Turner syndrome at all. Um, it can feel very isolating unless you, unless you already had somebody in your life that had it. Yes. So you, yes. You have this feeling, I call it feeling like an alien. You feel like, Oh yes. You're just off of center and you're not sure why until you get that answer. Even then, it's a journey of finding out yeah. how off-center you are as far as your experiences are going to look like. But um, that is interesting that even doctors over there are very discounting. Yes. Um, that can be the most frustrating thing. And... I've only had one real bad experience. For the most part, it's been pretty decent. I mean, every once in a while you get like a interesting question and you're like, ooh, <laughs> I don't think you understand this as well as I thought you did. But <laughs> um, it really does just completely throw you off. I had to try to keep a straight face and not react a couple of times when I've had doctors say stuff that I'm like, 
Uh, Want me to uh, send you my research? Because <laughs> it might help. Um, and I can't imagine being in a country where it's even less common. So doctors are running into it even less. Um, especially to have your experience discounted just because you had three biological children. I think you're completely yes. right in saying there's not real grounds for automatically saying don't have more. Yes. Because um, each case is so different. And we, we are small but mighty. <laughs> and that's so interesting. So and I do believe we are, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We are very different, you and me. And I, because you were born on the situation. So you've, you have a PhD in Turner and I don't. <laughs> I'm still in kindergarten in Turner. And I do feel that it doesn't help that physically no one noticed that I don't, that I have Turner. And I do, I, not only doctors, I don't have, I have my husband, of course, and all my children who are mastering Turner. <laughs> and it's funny because they have an approach like, oh, is that why you did that because of Turner? Oh, <laughs> which is more natural and makes me feel better about myself. But I do feel I don't have physical or obvious features. So around me, my family or my husband's family or my friends or co-workers wherever it's almost it's not an issue it's almost like oh you're being too picky it's not a real disease and it's again it's ignorance or i've someone told me a few days ago that it's a trend so <laughs> being on fashion <laughs> that's an interesting one i think it <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a trend. That's an interesting one. Um, I will say I have had, because it's easy, especially when you're first starting to research this yourself, I knew since I was like nine and a half was when my parents told me. They had to tell me because I started asking questions of like, yeah, that is weird. And, you know, my brother was six foot and I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, like yes. my parents are not, most of my family is not super, super tall, but I also, I definitely would have had a few more inches had I not had Turner syndrome at least. So it's like, it's no, different enough to be noticeable. Um, I just started asking a little bit of questions and that's when they told me and I didn't actually start researching on my own till I got older but that process of researching that on my own oh I never thought about it oh <laughs> yeah so I started that and it was so easy to just go through like my my brother one night I stayed up really late on the computer he came home late and i was just i was going like this oh. and he walked in and he goes what are you doing and i was like do you think my nails look funny like, 
what? <laughs> what are you looking at on there? And I was like, well, the, the thing for Turner syndrome says that there's upturned nails. And he's like, stop looking at that. You're fine. <laughs> he like got <laughs> mad at me for nitpicking myself. And it's easy to have those moments because you're like, is that yes, right? Is yes, this yes, yes, yes. And to some extent, I've had a few people around me go, not everything is from that. You know, and I mean, to be fair for me, a lot of mine doubles up. So to some extent, yeah, I would have had some level of it probably anyways for different parts of it. But it's part of, I think, wrapping your mind around it going, so what does this actually, like, what is this actually causing for me? Yes. Especially when you see the long list of possibilities. <laughs> so it is interesting when you have symptoms that aren't physical ones that somebody can look at you and think you're completely normal and, you know, have certain expectations. And then you're like, no, that's more of a struggle for me than you probably can see from the outside, uh -huh. especially for the emotional stuff. Yeah. I'm not great at hiding it, especially with the people in my personal life that, you know, live every day with me. They see it. There's no way of hiding it from them. But it is easy to put on a good face and make it look like it's less of a struggle than it actually is. And those types of symptoms become the hardest. Or when a doctor pushes aside what you're saying or says, hmm. I think like I had one say, oh, I think we're gonna just keep going on the medication when things were not looking good for keeping on the medication, but they weren't listening to me. It's so hard to make people see that when they're not looking at you and seeing anything wrong. And you are not alone in that <laughs> at all. Um, I think a lot of women go through moments of that and navigating doctors is just one very unique situation. There's a really funny picture of a dog. It's a boxer that has, it's the really big eyes, like shocked face. And it says when your doctor <laughs> what Turner syndrome is, and I'm like, yes, oh my gosh, it's so hard to not make that face. Yeah. And, <laughs> that like I had one doctor talk about how small my ears were like my ear oh. I'm like did you not read my chart how does that surprise you like it's in proportion with the rest of me dude come on <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. really? it's just interesting when they don't come across it it's almost like it stops them up and they're not sure what to do with it and oh gosh yeah so I am curious what, besides the chronic pain, which is very interesting, um, what you said about your liver and everything, um, is there any physical health complications that have come up? I would think PCOS is probably actually very connected, but uh, in my opinion, not. Yeah, I can because say it's the X chromosome. It's related to it, mm -hmm. uh, but 
no, that's that's plenty enough <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I don't have anything else. I don't think so. I'm still need to check on my heart. But I, um, when I was a teenager, I used to run a lot, and I did uh, I did a check up on my heart. I don't know why. I don't remember. And everything was fine. The doctor who saw me said that I had a super healthy heart, yet very nervous heart. <laughs> and uh, I think the only issue still, it's the anxiety. And I do hear you talk a lot about it. Sometimes I feel that I, I, I'm breathing in a bag and I don't know why I'm so uptight. And I try to relax. And I do know that there are a few moments in life when you should be anxious because life is difficult. But still, um, I do feel healthy, uh, aside the pain. And this is a typical women conversation because I do feel that probably Turner syndrome is such yet to be studied because it's a women's condition. And I've always felt since I was little, every time I complained, was it my ovaries or my throat? They always assume, oh, it's okay, you're a woman. It's normal for women to have pain, deal with it. And I do feel it's wrong. And um, more and more we learn about science and more and more women should continue the struggle and join each other because maybe it's me being prejudiced against doctors <laughs> and society in general, but I do feel that we know so little sometimes, especially when it's about women. And that's very I, 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 <laughs> I would not be surprised if that plays a role in things simply for the fact that you have those issues of it's easy. I mean, it was a woman doctor that brushed my opinion over how I was feeling aside, but it was very much a moment of come on. And I think when you have a condition like Turner syndrome, which I love how you said the question mark syndrome, it really is because there's no way of predicting how things are going to manifest. And yes. because of that, it is something where, at least in the healthcare system in the States, issues that aren't life-threatening, issues that aren't deemed top immediate priority, if they find a quick fix, they're going to go with it. You're in, you're out, boom, there's yes. your prediction. And not looking further at what's your food look like? Yes. What products are you using? Um, what is your stress level like? And so much of that is more on the holistic side that can kind of have its own interesting things to it, but women do tend to be more of the type to keep those things in, to not complain 
as much about little things like that in a way that brings huge attention to it. Um, and it, it is interesting that most of the, the complications with Turner syndrome are like women's struggles tenfold. Yes. It's hormones and development and all of these things that are textbook women issues, but it's like, yes, yes. so conversations that you have about Turner syndrome can a decent amount of them apply to most women. Like talking about, um, last week I talked about synthetic hormones. That's something yes. every woman can think about. Yes. Yes. And yeah, it's, it does make it unique on the emotional side too. And anxiety is not rare either. Um, I mean, I don't think it's rare for anybody in 2020, but in general, <laughs> with Turner syndrome, it's not rare either. And there, there's just the mental health side of things in general. I don't feel like there's enough resources for, um, or it's not as easy to figure that out, whether it be through cost or finding something local or those things. So I, I'm really glad you were able to find things I'm able to start with the therapist. That's amazing. Hey guys, I just wanted to hop in really quickly and say a little bit about the conference that I am speaking at in January. So if you didn't see my announcement video or anything, I am speaking at an online women's conference that is put on by Homemaking Ministries. Um, if you know who Jamie Balmay is or the Homemaking Ministries Foundation podcast, it is their conference they do every year and it's incredible. I am specifically talking about finding joy in infertility and I'm really, really excited about it. I would love to have you join us for it. If you would like to grab a ticket, the link is in the description and I hope you are enjoying this conversation so far and really enjoying hearing such a different story. And now back to the episode. Has most of your resources been online for things like that? Yes, yes, yes. 90% is you, like <laughs> I said before. <laughs> um, and yes, I try to read as much as I can. There's hardly anything in Portuguese. You find it in Portuguese from Brazil. They have a lot more cases and studies. Uh, and again, my therapist and my husband, they've been my team uh, on researching things, especially because um, I do know that the physical is very important and the health, the physical health is very important, but the emotional uh, of being a Turner, um, perhaps it had more impact in me or has in everyone. Uh, but I do feel that um, I'm such a, a blessed to know that I am a Turner because I can defend myself better because I've been in situations of danger that I was unaware of and that I could not defend myself because I didn't saw what was coming 
um, I, I have difficulties in understanding bad intentions. And that's dangerous. Uh, and that's uh, scary uh, sometimes. And I felt that it made sense. I was always, weirdly, I was always straight A's at school. I was the best in maths. I, I was in a competition, in a national competition of, with maths <laughs> that I don't use. Still, I felt that um, there was always, and, and I uh, had a degree in law, I became a trainee lawyer in copyrights, in criminal law, and I felt that something wasn't fitting right in me because, first of all, because I came to awareness that most clients lie a lot. Usually, we shouldn't lie to our doctors, priests, and lawyers, people do <laughs> and I felt it was so weird for me to not understand people's intentions that I questioned my own sense of professional so I changed and I worked in environmental law and now I teach Portuguese to the foreign community on the countryside of Portugal and I help them integrate in the community and um, and that's more easy. I am social and approachable. I like people and I like to control the situation I, that I'm on because I do feel that I have a lot of work to do when it comes to understanding. I'm very sarcastic and I have a dark and twisted sense of humor. Yet when people do that to me, it's very difficult for me not to hear it literal. So I'm being hurt all the time. And it's very strange because I'm, I have awareness of it. I'm speaking it to you. And yet in 10 seconds, if a situation happens to me, I will react like I didn't know anything about myself. I do feel it's because it's very recent, everything. And I, I don't want to think that everything is Turner. So I'm still trying to understand what am I? Of course, there are things that I know for sure what I am, but there are so many small details that I know that having this diagnosis will empower me a lot more and will prevent me of doing mistakes or even hurting other people. I sometimes sound a lot more cold than I actually feel, or I'm very calm and quiet especially when I'm anxious. I'm the type of person when I want to argue, I will slow down and point 19 things wrong on the other person, which, which is tricky. And, and I do understand the other side more and more. I do understand the other side. So again, on the positive side of Turner, I think it's almost again, a superpower that allows us to understand better others because we have a different uh, approach of things physically and spiritually as well and mentally and it's also a superpower because i don't think i've ever read anger is not something that or rage is not something i've ever read associated to Turner syndrome and we do have so many issues so many diseases mental diseases so it's also fascinating to think that somehow 
the question mark syndrome, the butterfly syndrome allows us to, in our own struggles, never respond in a very negative side of it and damage people on purpose, which is yeah. something good. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think to some extent, there's a whole lot of learning we do by having to be more intentional with certain things like that than others. Um, of course, you do have the, like, I am way more sensitive than I need to be. And <laughs> I do also take things more literally than I should, even though I myself can absolutely do the same yes, thing. Yes, yes, have yes. Fantastic moments and dark humor and all of that. But then when somebody says something to me, I have like a crisis of, do they really mean that? Or were they joking? Yes. How am I supposed oh, yes. to take that? And <laughs> it makes me so much more sensitive that I can react really emotionally to things. I think most of the response comes out of uh, compassion and protection. So there's been different situations within the Turner syndrome community that have happened that you see everybody like really reacting, but it's all from this protection, trying yes. to make sure yeah. others are okay kind of place. And I don't know, I do think, especially with it being in a, a hormones based, <laughs> yes. super that you don't get more ragey but yes. that, yeah. you know it, and again being women we yes. do know how women are <laughs> the normal ones <laughs> yeah. um yes the hormones specific to us tend to lean the other direction from that um <laughs> especially when they're off kilter they usually <laughs> when i'm in a really bad spot i'm crying at really silly commercials not getting angry at anything <laughs> but there is yeah and there's a sense of sisterhood of like we know a struggle that not even most women can fully understand i've had very very close friends also have struggles with infertility and even they've had moments of like i have so many things i've researched that i'm gonna try for me but I can't even suggest them to you because they wouldn't work yes. in the area, you know? And that's interesting. And, you know, in response to emotional social stuff, people will say, well, just don't take it so seriously. It's not like I'm choosing to. Of course. <laughs> not going into it, be like, I want to be the most oversensitive I can. <laughs> and I'm gonna, on purpose, take everything you say literally. <laughs> not typically how it happens. Otherwise, there'd be some other things to talk about if it was that way. But that intentionality that you have to have to work through everything that Turner syndrome comes with, it grows you like crazy. And being selfish speaking, it was a relief being diagnosed because I had my half cup full because I'm healthy for the most part. And I felt that that gave me answers to things. I wasn't 
crazy or I wasn't so difficult or I wasn't an outsider. No, I'm just different being, again, similar to everyone because all people are different. Everyone faced their own demons and troubles and lives and doubts. So again, the positive side, <laughs> I do feel that it brings such uh, joy to know that I have something that I can relate to other people, which I'm in lack of. I need support and I want to give support. I want to feel useful and I want to, to talk. And I often felt, sometimes it was my fault. Sometimes it was other people's fault where there was no connection. It's very strange. And I felt the courage to approach you because all the podcasts I've heard, it was like we are doing, we speak, uh, and most of the time we say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we nod and it, yes, that's it. <laughs> and there's this knowledge. It's almost like friends from child, childhood. Uh, it's, uh, I feel that I don't have to over-explain myself to be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. or that I don't have to claim my own space or my own personality. It's, it's taken the place. There's room for everyone. And that's a very joyful feeling that I'm getting from this conversation. Good. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I love those moments where you can be talking to someone and they'll, they'll say something, you go, oh, you too? And with things, <laughs> The Turner syndrome that are so rare, those moments are so precious because it's a bond that you don't always come across, even online, because online connection is so unique. Yeah. There's still only so much opportunity for that. And I've been very blessed with the community I found with the community that has come to my channel and just, it's been incredible. Everyone is so nice and supportive and it, they're amazing. I love, I love the community surrounding my channel. And I think more and more as I've gotten older, as new things constantly pop up, that's just more and more valuable. And how old are you? May I ask? I never told them. Oh, wow. You look I'm younger. I'll be 30 in February. I am like, well, I'm a little bit having a crisis over it. I kind of had my crisis when I turned like 26, though, and I realized I was less than five years from 30. I had more of a crisis then than I'm having at this moment. But it is getting realer every day as the clock <laughs> ticks down to my birthday. Oh. But you have so much more to live and to give. Um, I wasn't expecting getting married and having kids. I had my life planned, assuming that I couldn't be uh, pregnant. Mm -hmm. And in Portugal, legally, uh, being a single woman, you can only uh, foster or uh, adopt kids when you turn 35, which I did this year. And it, it blew my mind this year thinking I would probably be in this exact same spot having kids 
either being adopting or fostering them. Foster, I'm not so sure because uh, it's again that when they leave, yeah. but we are also spiritual women or women with faith. So nothing happens for a reason. And I look back and think there were so many people who've changed my life for the better. And they were with me for one week, one afternoon, one year. So sometimes it's what it takes to, to, to matter and to make a difference. But I felt that I, when I was 26, I had my life planned that I wouldn't, I would be the cat lady. I would have 3,000 cats <laughs> and scare the little kids in the park. And it's amazing <laughs> that we don't know what's going to happen. And uh, there's a sentence that I use a lot with my husband. He does it. He, he learned to like the sentence. So now he likes it, <laughs> which is if God doesn't give you it because it's because you don't need it and other thing better will happen. And when you are in doubt and scared and sometimes feeling it's not fair, fuck, it's not fair. <laughs> That's the moment that you know you will know something better will happen. Something good will happen because again, the question mark syndrome remind us that we were not supposed to be born. How amazing is that? So that means that your life will never be in vain. You will touch from the moment you were born until you die, you will continue touching people. And yes, again, I was the privileged turner who had biological children. I would have got them either way. <laughs> I would try to find whatever it took to raise because I do feel it's also a syndrome of love. I do believe that we have a lot of love to give, given to the fact that we pay so much attention to others to understand how we are supposed to react and yeah. to act yeah. and to be, that it does give us a sensibility that it's only good. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of Turner syndrome women that feel a natural exponentially high sense of caregiving. And so that's when, you know, like we have lots of animals <laughs> 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 and we got my cat. We got after I was officially diagnosed and my mother-in-law had the sentiment that, you know, it just really helps to have something to take care of, mm -hmm. especially when you're in the height of dealing with those emotions. Um, sometimes I take it too far and I forget mm -hmm. myself, maybe more than sometimes, probably much more than sometimes, but it's, yeah, there is, I mean, I see a lot of Turner syndrome women with lots of animals, um, just to have that camaraderie, to have something to take care of. And there is, yeah, you're right. There is a huge amount of compassion that comes from having to try to understand things as intensely as we do. You know, I am nothing if not super self-aware and intentional. That doesn't equate to 100% perfect all the time, 
but man, am I aware of my imperfections and I understand how they're affecting things, whether they're difficult to fix or not. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you are, you are quite catching up to my PhD as you put it. <laughs> <laughs> very well. Um, how has that been soaking in all of the information? Have you, you know, had to kind of just take in a little bit at a time and process it? Or have you kind of just tried to understand as much as you could? Uh, well, it's been a journey. And because lockdown happened, I had a lot more time at home uh, swallowing all at once and again my wonderful team my husband uh and my therapist especially my husband mm -hmm. he came up with a plan of um he would research for the most part and he will, would filter the stuff for me mm -hmm. and he would feed me <laughs> small doses of information not for me to be scared or to me, or or for me to be so relaxed that I decided not to care that much, mm -hmm. because he's super aware of my well-being and that I need to be healthy and that I need to be happy. So uh, we usually do meetings. It's very funny because I miss working outside, and I'm always two of my three kids are at home all the time because the school closed. So I'm always at home with them. And the way for me to, the way that my husband found for me to speak adult language as well, was we have meetings and we brainstorm, we brainstorm about uh, Turner. Should this be Turner, should that not? What about this doctor, that doctor? And it's been helpful for him as well because sometimes, small details that may have affected him in the past he now realizes that maybe the intention wasn't that it was a good intention or i wasn't aware of it so it's been um it's been a journey a journey i feel that the more i read i'm starting to filter what i care or i what i don't care so sometimes if it comes if it comes to my awareness on YouTube or some research. I've Today, for instance, I read a research from 1975 in from America, uh, and this doctor found four types of Turner syndrome who had PCOS. And it's also a rare condition. And of course, each one of us searches the specific thing about us. And in his research was um, that little we know about the human body, about the women's body, because yes, the ovaries are related to the X chromosome, but that, that small fraction of time or of cell that sometimes develops to a good organ or sometimes manifests in a sick organ that yet is able to produce life it's yet to discover mm -hmm. so what mm -hmm. helps me for the most part 
while I'm doing my researches, while I'm checking on doctor, doctors is, again, another aspect of life which is so important, which is the spiritual one. I'm, I have faith. I'm not very religious. I was brought up in a religious environment. I'm more open. The God, God is the same, so I do believe in God. And I feel that it really helps to look on not only the positive side, and sometimes I do feel it's uh, a downsize of being so optimistic. I tend to make everything really, really small. And sometimes problems are problems. They're not details. But it helps to everything. Try to make sure that everything we do and read and investigate and speak can make us feel better. Yeah. That's amazing. I... I am so interested in your husband learning alongside you because I, <laughs> I had to try to navigate explaining that when we got oh. together. I think we were together like three months at the time that I finally told him. And that was really scary for me. <laughs> and I had oh. to kind of bring him up to speed on where I was at. And then there's been some element on the back end of him learning stuff as I learned it too. But, oh man, those, oh, wow. that whole meeting idea is very, very cool. That is awesome that he reacted that way and has been helping you like that. And he makes me feel on my toes sometimes because in the first few weeks, he knew a lot more than me. And that was <laughs> scary. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure you've had those moments just like we have where he'll find something out and he's like, oh, that's why you do that. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Blame it off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And sometimes he already responds, oh, no, no, no. Don't give me the Turner card. No, no. That that doesn't <laughs> apply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's That's a good... That's a good partner in that. Um, because sometimes I do that. It is a process. And I think that all of us go through that. There are days when I feel that maybe I'll just blame it on the syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I have my moments of like, well, could I have really helped it? And I'm like, if I really wanted to try, could at least try. And I kind of coach myself into what's the best. Like I have to remind myself to use the tools that I, I know I have and that I know help me. And I worked so hard to figure out what helps me. It's like, don't just not, like there's no excuse for me for not using them. I could come up with everything under the sun, but there's no real excuse when when I have those moments, I know why, and I know what helps me. And, you know, while I'd rather just lay in bed, not do anything about it, I know what I should do. <laughs> or I can tell like, oh yeah, that's a symptom of, I haven't been doing what I should. And, you know, 
sometimes those around us get the brunt of that. <laughs> <laughs> so what has, because you mentioned you aren't one that would love to jump straight to taking medicine. Yes. Have they recommended anything for you as far as um, any kind of hormone therapy at all? On the first appointment, they said, you're fine. You have kids. You're fine. And I complain again about the pain, about the chronic pain. And I do have, again, my immune system is down. I have a few autoimmune diseases that I'm not sure. Some of them I diagnose, others are not. Are So what should I do with it? Because that won't go away just because I had kids. In fact, because I had kids, I, I'm, I'm worse. My health is worse. I'm not that strong as I used to be. And I had to keep researching for doctors who actually cared and who actually listened to my complaints. And the first um, offer they did was, yes, hormonal therapy, but given the fact that I have that mutation of cancer that they're not sure of which cancer is, it could probably spike things up in a way they're not aware of so and I'm not I wasn't that inclined I do feel that the management of the pain would be the best for me and I try to do it naturally by doing exercises taking care of what I eat um turmeric really helps on my coffee in the morning uh and I do feel that the awareness of your own body helps a lot because I do know, sometimes I do know if I'm very, very angry or stressed, I will have more pain the next day or in the evening. And it's a process that you do it daily instead of having a, a pill to make things appear better because that's again the same. Uh, most of the doctors told me, well, probably the pain that you have, it's always that you have a lot of inflammation given to the fact that your ovaries are so big, they produce a lot more hormones than they should. And they take a lot of your energy to build those massive eggs you have. So we could downsize it with a pill. And I feel that it's camouflaging. It's not actually helping. And Again, it's, I feel very, very scared, probably because I haven't done enough research. So I still feel it's tricky, again, to take synthetic things on your body. And I also felt on my case, again, it's only my experience. Even though I have pain, my body was so generous to me because it allowed me to have life and it allowed me to be healthy most of the time. So maybe I wasn't paying enough attention to him. And I do feel that the pain calms down when I start slowing down. And in quarantine, I did felt better because I had, of course, we have the stress of not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow <laughs> or the next day. But I could control 
again, I'm going to say another thing stupid. <laughs> if you take life like an alcoholic a day at a time, everything seems a little more easygoing. And on uh, when we were in lockdown, the five of us, it was also a pleasure for us to be together and to make sure that we could provide each one to the other for the best possible day. And sometimes the best possible day is to eat cereal and to be in your pajamas the whole day, because that's the special day for mommy to recover. <laughs> but again, it's been less than a year. It's very lockdown and uh, quarantine made the health system completely, completely shut down to most of the diseases that are not coronavirus. So I do feel that when I try to make an appointment, it's in years that they will see me again, unless it's urgent. And I don't feel so far that it is urgent. I try to do my blood work every six months. I try to make sure that the doctors uh, allow me to do hormonal uh, exams to see if everything has changed or not. But what I do feel for the most part is that I, I find a doctor to allow me to do the tests, but I don't have a doctor to read it. Mm, interesting. That's very interesting. See, here in the States, I mean, in the very beginning, things were bogged down and they were turning so many things away. Um, but virtual has been how I've done most things besides like I snuck in, well not snuck in, I'm being funny. I made an appointment at the, the lab to do blood work. And that was, you know, other than that, the conversations I was having with doctors was over a video call yeah and i don't think that's going away anytime soon mm. so figuring yeah. out how to navigate in these times is something that is hard and i love what you said about taking it one day at a time it makes it manageable when you're talking what's next week gonna look like well I think we've all learned this year, there's a whole lot that can happen before next week. That if we've learned anything, it's that we can't know. Yes. yes. <laughs> Unpredictable. So many things can change so quickly. And so focus on what we know and can do right now, today. And that could be applied to everything, whether it's mm -hmm. learning more, whether it's putting into practice ways of taking care of ourselves. Um, Turner or no Turner. Everyone, in fact. Yes, absolutely. And I think that everybody, you know, maybe God just knew we all needed this lesson and everybody's <laughs> learning that we maybe needed to think about our priorities a little differently than we were. And we needed to be reminded that 
being in the moment is more important than we were giving it credit for. Um, so I think <laughs> moving forward, as far as doctors and everything, it really is going to be something everybody has to be flexible with. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, synthetic hormones are, ooh, I could talk about that for forever because of my own experiences, but there is just such a value on working with your body instead of just changing automatically what your body's doing. Yeah. Um, so that is really important. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. I have just <laughs> been so blessed by being able to hear your story and talk to you. And, you know, You're very kind. It's been, thank you so much for reaching out. It's been awesome. Um, I, I think you are doing an incredible job trying to learn and figure things out. And you are, I'm lucky to have you. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I, you know, I am always blessed when my videos help people, especially those that are just learning because there's so much information out there and it can be overwhelming. It is not can be, it almost always is overwhelming. Um, it is a life changing diagnosis and one that doesn't give you clear directions like other conditions do as far as what the future Yes. Is. Yes. You know, it's not as clear what that's going to mean for you. And even your pregnancies while you were able to get pregnant, it shows why doctors get so serious about making sure we're healthy enough to yes. handle the stress pregnancy puts on our body. Whether you're able to on your own or not, that's an important aspect of things to think about, whether it's on your heart or otherwise. Yes. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing and coming on. I am so, so excited to get to talk with you. This has been awesome. I am very grateful. Thank you for being so open-minded in speaking with me and allowing me to have a small voice. <laughs> I will never, uh, stop following you because I do feel that again I will leave with gratitude because when I knew what I had I had people to look up to and you are an example of that like the women you interviewed and it's I've never felt alone weirdly I've never felt alone since the the, the minute I I've reached you mm because you put a face, a friendly face to something that in the beginning sounded so scary to me and it's not. And it was due especially to you. And I know this, this feels like, oh, she's being polite. Now they're just being candid with each other. It's not, I reach out to you because I wanted to tell you, I wasn't sure if you were going to interview me or not. I just wanted to show you that I, I'm happy. I'm happy to know you. And you've made me a better turner, a better woman. <laughs>
and I will make sure to try to, if I have any news on me or in the syndrome, to update you. And I will continue to follow you and follow your work. And I'm far away and this is our first conversation. But again, I feel free whenever you want to talk or write or laugh or cry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, we are bonded. And that's very good. Sometimes the world is so big and scary. And again, lockdown and what we are living worldwide really showed us that we are more connected than we thought we were. Absolutely. I'm the one who's very, very thankful. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such a blessing talking to you. Um, I think your story is going to speak to so many women that, um, you know, I have not had the chance to have a story like this on here before. And you've taught me a lot, and I'm sure you've showed a lot of other women that they are not alone in their experiences, and they don't have to feel like their story is any less than others just because it's different. And thank you. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. You too. And see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.